Hello, good morning. Welcome to the MedPoint Health Half Hour. I'm your host, Ron Young. Today I'm joined with one of my colleagues, Hannah McCutcheon. Hannah, how are you this morning? I am great, Ron. That's awesome. I'm great too. So that means we will have a great show together. Yes, would you we agree? I would agree. Hannah, we have so much happening at MedPoint. It's always so exciting because uh, it seems like we have a lot of new programs. So we kind of have something for everybody. You're in charge of the cardiology division. And I know that we have a lot of people going through there uh, as of late. And also, we're kind of working on a cardiac rehab program right now that we're going to be launching hopefully in the next few months. Do you want to give us a little bit more information about what that looks like? Because I've seen a lot of articles lately coming up with people getting stents, people having strokes, people, you know, heart health is something that is so important to us because if we can't uh, circulate blood around our body into our tissues, then that's not good. If we can't breathe the air right with our lungs, it's not good. There's certain vital things in life and the heart is one of them. So (laughs) why would somebody looking at a program like this want to sign up or encourage their family and friends to sign up? So our cardiac wellness program, uh, we call it wellness program because it could be for prevention or it could be for rehabilitation uh, to prevent a secondary event. So you could have had an event and you're looking to stop the second one or you're coming in for prevention purposes. So what that looks like is we would receive a referral from a surgeon, family doctor, Um, a same-day clinic, wherever it is that you see a GP, a general practitioner, they can send a referral to us. We can get all the necessary testing done with the cardiologist, whether it be a Holter monitor. Uh, We just now are using blood pressure monitors as well. Mm. So we have a 24-hour blood pressure monitor where we can measure your blood pressure over the full 24 hours, see what your blood pressure is doing, how it responds throughout the day, and whether if we can modify your medication dosage to eventually get you off the medication. Um, we do stress tests, stress echoes, echocardiograms. Um, we refer you out for additional testing at the hospital if required. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's all encompassing. And then from there, we get clearance from the physician, giving you a target heart rate range that the fitness professional will use to exercise you in the gym. Right. That's so cool. So it's a target range that is decided by a physician and is adjusted as you improve your heart health. So we adjust that target heart rate range as you get more and more fit. Yeah. So it's individualized to that individual. And we right now we're hoping to launch our cardiac wellness program in the sense of having group classes. Right now we're just doing the one-on-one personal training um, as we normally do with any of our clients. So we're really looking forward to the group community atmosphere that that will have and being able to track your heart rate in the gym as well. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to one of the things that you had mentioned because I don't think a lot of people often will think in these terms, but you said they'll review your medication and see if they can take you off of pills. I feel like sometimes when doctors prescribe a medicine, it's like a life sentence, right? For a patient or an individual, and they think this is just what I have to live with now. But you don't have to always live with disease. There are certain things that are genetic or chronic that yes, maybe you will have to take pills the rest of your life. But when it comes to certain things like this, perhaps it is a medication that you could come off of or take less of a dose because we know that if we can minimize that, the health uh, benefits for you are far greater without having dependency on a drug. Yeah, I actually have an example of 
training somebody for our 13-week program. So they came in for our three-hour medical. They had the full head-to-toe medical, found out what was wrong. The blood pressure was high for this individual. They were put on a blood pressure medication by our physician, and they started in the fitness program. Now, as the fitness professional, I realized that they were on this medication, and we did the right types of activities. So we did mm-hmm. some strength exercise, resistance training, but we really worked on that person's aerobic fitness. So over time, actually halfway through the program, we were able, we were able to get that person off of their medication halfway through the program because of the fitness training and the nutrition lifestyle that they changed uh, in their everyday life. That's so cool. Regularly exercising, um, eating the right foods to lower their blood pressure. And halfway through our 13 weeks, we were able to get that person off their medication entirely, not just lower the dosage, but totally off of it. So we prescribed it because, you know, they were at risk of having high blood pressure, able to get it off you know, yeah. six weeks later. Well, so. that's a great goal to have. I mean, and a lot of people don't think in terms of that, uh, but that leads me to my next point. You don't always have to have something wrong with you in order to come and exercise with us, right? Because a lot of people think med point, you know, med, they, they think they need to have some sort of condition in order to get the training. No, we're just like any other gym. We just have medical components to back us if if we need it, right? If, if you're completely healthy 20 you know, whatever year old, you want to come in and train with us, we won't turn you away. If you uh, are a 60-year-old and you've had a history of certain conditions, you know, we'll be able to be well-equipped and have the proper professionals look you over before you step foot in the gym so that we can know your exercise is correct, right? We just have that extra expertise, and it goes a long way when catering exercise programs to an individual, like you were saying, Hannah, so... And at this stage, we are collecting names, we're collecting information from people. So if that's you, if you think, gee, I'd like to be part of a cardiac wellness program to either prevent uh, uh, perhaps a future event or uh, maybe you've had one and you want to cut down on your risk factors for future ones, then I want you to go on medpoint.ca, fill out a contact form, Hannah will get your information and she will be able to reach out to you with a bit more information when we're ready to launch that and and kind of be able to guide you through that program. So it's a wonderful thing. It's something that we're pleased to offer. And then we're just working out a couple of the last few things about it, but it's something to get excited about because when the cardiac uh, program at, uh, what was it? St. St. Joe's still has their cardiac program, but it's an acute care program. So it's six months, Right. but Victoria hospital has stopped theirs. Right. Yes. So there's a lot of people without a home and, uh, We'd love to we'd love to be part of your exercise program. We'd love to take care of you in those ways and certainly you can trust MedPoint within this community and and know that you're in good hands. So Hannah, we need to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back we're going to be talking about uh sugary taxes on drinks, okay? It's something that I don't think the Liberal government is going to have enough time to pass, but it's something that I think deserves discussion because in a world filled with sugar, we need to combat it in some way. And is a tax uh, perhaps an effective thing? Stay tuned. We'll have more on the MedPoint Health Half Hour on 980 CFPL. Good morning and welcome back to the program. Saturday mornings we talk health, fitness, nutrition here on the program. And we are pleased to do so because that's what we're passionate about. My name is Ron Young. This is Hannah McCutcheon across from me. And we're happy to... Uh, 
speak to you wherever, wherever you tuned in, whether you're in your car listening or perhaps just at home enjoying a morning coffee. Uh, welcome to the program. Hannah, when we left, we were talking a bit about cardiac health and, and whatnot. And one big thing that really goes into cardiac health is, is you know, a lot of these certain diseases like cardiovascular disease, um, you know, and a lot of it's brought on by poor nutrition habits. One poor nutrition habit that we seem to have, and it doesn't matter who you are, you do like to indulge in sugar. And one thing that specifically we wanted to look at for sugary drinks was this uh, liberal platform. They uh, did not have the healthy, uh, it was not part of the healthy eating strategy, but it was a sugar a tax on sugary drinks. So drinks that um, have a higher than necessary sugar content or very high sugar content would be taxed. So similar to this carbon tax, which I'm not sure has changed a lot of behaviors being four cents a liter difference, but would this be something that would perhaps change people's mind to say, look, you're going to be penalized if you continue to consume these sugary products? Is it? Kind of a fine line, right? Very fine line. I My personal opinion is... If you're used to it, it's a habit. You're not going to break it just because of tax, but maybe it's just to help bring awareness. Right. So hopefully pe- people become more educated and more aware of how bad sugar is for your body and what it does to your body and how it has an effect on your on your metabolism and, and right. the body fat that you put on. Well, and maybe I think what they were proposing within the government was if uh, it was over a certain milliliter, so if it was 500 milliliters or more, that would be taxed, but on like a little can, it might not be. So perhaps if you bought a bundle of cans from the grocery store, it would be. Uh, I don't know if they knew what they were looking at when they were thinking about it or or how much of a deterrent it would be, but let's look at some of the flip side things to this because... With smoking, they do have stuff on the packaging that's disgusting. I hate looking at it. But somebody with a rotting tongue and basically on a respirator because they can't breathe anymore. Is it something where, you know, we put warnings on these labels uh, instead? Maybe that would deter people or maybe people are just going to drink Coke and Pepsi because they like to drink Coke and Pepsi. True. You know, what if you had the rotting teeth on the pictures or... Yeah. Obese. Or just a picture of how many sugar cubes are in that drink. Yeah. So I know that we've done, you know, we've gone to our corporate wellness programs and shown people like, here's a pop bottle. How much sugar do you think's in here? Yeah. And then we actually show them with sugar cubes how much is in that pop bottle. The floor. And that 500 little milliliter bottle of, let's say, Mountain Dew has like... 18 cubes of sugar. Oh, man. Wow. It's, crazy. it's a lot of sugar. Yeah. There was actually a study that I looked at, and it had to do with sports drinks, because that's another big one. People don't realize they have a lot of high sugar in them. Um, but they had these groups of people exercise for 45 minutes, and they tested like their blood sugar and uh, their electrolytes and stuff like that within their system. And after 45 minutes of moderate exercise, they still didn't... Um, deplete their stores enough to warrant consumption of a sugar, like a Gatorade or a Powerade, which, you know, it's, it, maybe it should just be left to the athletes, but people like the, how these things taste. It's, it's a mental thing. It's a reward system within our brain. We have something sweet and sugary. 
our brain likes that. Our body craves it because carbohydrates are our body's major energy source, right? Let's uh, challenge the people out there today, t- though, to try and find another option. There's yeah. there's lots of different options out there of um, like a powder that's made out of natural products that ha- is high in electrolytes and kind of gives you that flavoring that like a punch kind of flavor or yeah. orange or citrus. It gives you that kind of, it's not carbonated, but that that taste of something sweet, but it's made out of natural products. Like I use one and it's made out of natural product from beets. So it nice. t- tastes like a punch, like a fruit punch, but it's all natural, no sugars added. Cool. Yeah, that, that would be a great alternative. Of course, even these uh, carbonated water beverages, sometimes they have like a hint of lime or lemon, like just a citrusy uh, note to them. And that's that's another thing where, you know, people like the fizz. They like to crave the, the fizzy drink. And sometimes they do so with uh, at the expense of their health, knowing that I'm going to crush this cream soda, right? Or I'm going to drink this uh, root beer. Like it's it's stuff that's commonly available to us. It's available at very young ages. You certainly don't need to show ID in order to buy a bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> but perhaps maybe we should or maybe we need to have better education for these children uh, and, and even the parents. Like, I mean, it starts in building a foundation for our kids that's strong, that has uh, good values, especially when it comes to the dinner table. And I think that that's left uh, to the wayside a lot because of people's need for convenience. They want a quick and easy fix. Here is your lunch pail. Here's a box of juice in your lunch pail. Here's a packaged fruit snacks for your lunch. It's it's a grab and go society. We need to get away from that because it's really uh, you know wreaking havoc on the healthcare system, and we're not seeing it yet because we're so tied up with the silver tsunami at the other end, the baby boomers, and the healthcare crisis they're undergoing. And we're not seeing our young people with uh, these symptoms yet, but they're certainly on the rise and research is suggesting Yeah, that. the prevalence of childhood obesity is going up. So Absolutely. We, need to, we need to look at those numbers and make some action. Yeah. Well, Hannah, I know uh, it's a bit of a shorter show today. I don't know. We didn't uh, have a, a lot, but I know that that raises a lot of uh, certain questions. So if it's something that you've thought about, uh, how do we deal with it? Go on our social media pages, go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions about the show or maybe you want to give us a topic for an upcoming show, I encourage you to email us. It's ron at medpoint.ca. Hannah, yours is a little more convoluted. hmccutcheon at medpoint.ca. hmccutcheon at medpoint.ca. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love feedback and we'd love to um, you know, hear what you want to be hearing on the show as well. So that's all the time we have for today. Sugary tax is certainly an interesting thing and something that I think needs to be talked about, especially in the next uh, government reign, but uh, for this time it got it kind of fell by the wayside, and it's something that we need to continue to move forward on uh, in order to uh, help combat the healthcare crisis in Canada right now. So that's all the time we have for today on the Midpoint Health Half Hour, nine eighty CFPL. Everybody have a safe and happy weekend.